If you are looking to elevate your leadership and drive your nonprofit forward, I invite you to subscribe to the Successful Nonprofits newsletter. Every week, I curate exclusive shareworthy content that sparks inspiration, innovation, and conversation. From the latest trends to timeless advice, the weekly email newsletter is your all-access pass to a treasure trove of resources. But receiving the newsletter is not just about staying informed. It's also about getting our best content first. Subscribers get first access to our newest downloadable templates designed to propel your leadership and amplify your impact. And that's not all, my friend. We are constantly working on new ways to support you and your mission. So as a subscriber, you'll get updates on our latest projects, opportunities to participate in surveys, and a say in the topics that we tackle next. You will essentially get me as a consultant, coach, and confidant in your inbox, ready to help you navigate the challenges of nonprofit leadership. So if you're an executive director, board chair, or a nonprofit leader who believes in making a difference, join me as a newsletter subscriber. Visit SuccessfulNonprofits.com forward slash newsletter to sign up today. And now, friend, let me take you to the episode you've downloaded. Welcome to the Successful Nonprofits Podcast. I'm your host, Dolph Goldenberg, bringing you a bonus break about how to onboard and orient your new board chair. Now, the bonus break is a short episode that you can listen to while taking a coffee break and get the added bonus of making you and your nonprofit more successful. This bonus break will share the three steps for onboarding your new board chair. And in the show notes, I will share with you a worksheet to help you structure the process for orienting your new board chair. I have often said that a productive relationship between the board chair and the executive director is like a strong marriage. You know each other very well. You have mutual respect. You don't keep secrets from each other. And, you know, you treat each other's quirks with empathy. We all have quirks, and part of how we deal with that is by treating others' quirks with empathy. And because of this strong foundation that has been built, the chief executive and the board chair are then in a unique position to gently challenge each other and help each other grow. One of the things that I have learned as part of my nonprofit journey is that these relationships don't just happen by accident. They need a significant amount of time and energy invested in the beginning, and then even after they've gotten started and even after there's a strong foundation, they need ongoing cultivation and care. So I learned how to orient a new board chair actually well into my first time as an executive director, and I learned it from an amazing board chair. She came in and she pretty much said, hey, here are some of the things that I need us to do to make sure that we have a strong relationship. And I'll share with you, my board chairs up to that point had not done that. And I didn't know that I should be taking that responsibility on if they didn't. 
But, you know, as Rhonda walked me through her onboarding and really what became the onboarding of our relationship and one of the most productive board chair executive director relationships I have ever experienced, I learned how to onboard every board chair after that. Because let's face it, getting a new board chair every few years is just a simple fact of life for the vast majority of nonprofit executive directors. And each time that occurs, we as the executive director need to be prepared to play the leadership role in building that strong relationship with the new board chair. And, you know, I've had some executive directors who will say, well, that's not fair. The board chair should take just as much responsibility. Here's what it boils down to, though. Your board chair is a volunteer, a leadership volunteer, but a volunteer. And they've got a lot of things going on, probably at work, at home, etc. As the executive director, this is your job. And this is your organization. And so you've really got to take the bull by the horns and say, I'm going to make sure that I onboard my new board chair really well. And so here are the three steps for onboarding your new board chair. The first is that you should be starting the process before your new board chair steps into that role. And in starting that process, you should agree on what the onboarding process is going to look like. I'd actually suggest that you meet with your incoming board chair to discuss the onboarding process and the steps that he, she, or they should be taking as they move into that position. Now, this first meeting is probably going to take you about two hours. It might be one of the longer meetings you have with your board chair. And in this meeting, there are four things that I really need to make sure you do. The first is you should decide how often the two of you are going to meet initially. That might be the first six months or the first nine months. Typically, you are going to meet more frequently early on, and I would even suggest that you meet weekly. I know some people who are really experienced executive directors say, oh, I believe that I should just be meeting every other week. you got to build the relationship before you can move to a less frequent meeting schedule. And so when you decide how often you're going to meet, do yourselves a favor and go ahead and set a date and time for the meeting. It is easiest to schedule a regular date and time, like every Monday at 10 a.m. or every Thursday at 4 p.m. But if you're not able to do that, go ahead and pull out your calendars for the next six months and schedule every single one of those weekly meetings. And that way they'll be on the calendar and you can make them happen. While you're in this first meeting to onboard your incoming board chair, you should also be discussing expectations about after-hours availability and responsiveness. And if you discuss this early, it won't be a disconnect at any point in your relationship. You may say to the board chair, hey, I'm really comfortable getting calls up until about 8.30, but then, you know, I've got kids that are going to bed, and I really try to power down after 8.30. Or, you know, I don't check my email after I leave for the day. So if you email me after about 6, I am probably going to get it the next day, and I promise I'll respond as soon as I get it. If it's urgent, 
text me. And the board chair and the ED should both set those healthy boundaries about when they're going to be available after hours and when they're not. And the fourth and final thing I want you to be having a conversation about in this very first onboarding meeting is the best way to share difficult news with each other. I have often asked board chairs, hey, what's the best way to share difficult news with you? And what they almost all say to me is, eh, just tell me directly, tell me up front, and tell me as soon as possible. Well, that is certainly good to know, and it's reassuring. And that's honestly the way I'd like to get that difficult news, too, if the board chair needs to share it with me. But I dig down a little bit more. Hey, are you okay if there's difficult news if I send you an email and say, do you have 10 minutes for us to have a phone conversation or to jump on Zoom? Be really clear about the forum and the format that you are going to be having those conversations. Difficult news never goes over well by text, and it rarely goes over well by email. So I would go ahead and set a ground rule that you're going to talk on the phone, you're going to Zoom, or maybe you might even get together in person if it rises to that level. So that's the first step in the onboarding process. The second step is I want you and your board chair to agree on what the board roles are and what the staff roles are. Sometimes, as executive directors, we make the assumption that everybody knows what our job is and the board chair absolutely knows what the board's job is. But, you know, if you've been in and out of several organizations, you are aware that that actually changes from organization to organization. And so even if your board chair has served as an officer on other boards, those expectations may not be in alignment with your board's practices or even with what you're thinking about as the chief executive. So it is best to start a new board chair relationship by reviewing those common tasks. In the show notes, at SuccessfulNonprofits.com forward slash chair onboarding, I shared a worksheet for the chief executive and the board chair to complete together. That worksheet lists over 55 specific organizational tasks to examine. And I recommend that in examining those, you identify the responsible party for each task, whether it's the board chair or the executive director keeping in mind that the executive director can turn to any staff member and delegate that responsibility. And of course, a very few number of tasks might be shared. And so here are some examples of some of those 55 tasks that are on that worksheet. Is disseminating the board meeting materials a staff role or a board role? And then when you have that conversation with your board chair, you really dive in. Okay, who's responsible for collating and gathering the committee reports? Or who's responsible for the completion of the organizational dashboard or the board dashboard? Who does that come from? Does that come from me as the executive director, the secretary, the board chair? Who's distributing it out to the entire board? Another one of those 55 organizational tasks that you should absolutely have a conversation about, who can sign contracts on behalf of the organization? 
I can't tell you the number of times that I have seen there be a very significant misunderstanding between the board chair and the executive director about who has the authority to sign contracts. And it goes in both directions. Sometimes the board chair signs a contract that really they shouldn't have. And other times the executive director signs a contract that maybe the bylaws would not normally permit them to sign. So definitely make sure that you're having that conversation and you're on the same page early. Third example among those 55 tasks that I'm going to give you is which person should counsel board members who are not meeting expectations. Now, I can already tell you what I believe on that. And whenever I sit down and talk about that one with board chairs, I always say only the board can govern itself. But you need to be clear early on. If there are board members who are not meeting those expectations, you need to be very clear that it's not your job as the executive director. It is the board chair job or the governance chair. But be clear about who it should be and how they should be notified. So if you want to get the other 52 very specific organizational tasks that you and your board chair should be in alignment on, just go to the show notes at SuccessfulNonprofits.com forward slash chair onboarding. And just so you're aware, whenever we make a template or a document like that available on our website, we never put it behind a wall where you've got to sign up for our email list. We would love for you to sign up for our email list, but we're not going to force you to do it. You can still download this amazing template. And then the final thing that I want you to be doing as part of the board onboarding. You've got 55 tasks, and you and the board chair have decided which ones are yours, which ones are theirs. Additionally, you've also set up all those weekly meetings, And so for each of those weekly meetings, if you're the executive director, I want you to put together an agenda and you, I want you to put together the agenda and send it at least the day before your meeting with the board chair. And here's why I want you to put this agenda together. First of all, it is a great tool to help you think through those critical things that you really want to be talking about with the board chair. Second, Weekly meetings are an opportunity to coordinate shared work, build a relationship, and think strategically about the organization's future. And that agenda, if you're the executive director, is your responsibility. Keep in mind, your board chair is busy, and part of managing up with your board chair is making it as easy as possible for them to be a good board chair. And typically what I'll do is I'll prepare my agenda. And actually, really what I do is I just have a spreadsheet. And every tab on the spreadsheet is a different week's agenda. And so that way, my board chair can always go back and look at all of the prior agendas. And by the way, I actually put my notes from the meeting in those tabs as well. So they can go back and look at my notes too if that's what they want to do. But it also makes it super simple for me as the executive director to make that agenda happen. Typically what I'll do is I will start the agenda by copying and pasting the prior week's agenda. Any quick updates I need to do from the prior week's agenda, I'm then easily able to include. But also I'm able to always open that spreadsheet very quickly during the week and throw an item into the agenda before I forget about it. I also like the fact that for the entire year, 
there is only one document that bounces between me and the board chair for our agenda. And that also makes it very easy for both of us. As you're putting together your agenda, I want you to think about spending half of the meeting on updating each other on board governance and organizational management issues. This is the place for you to say to the board chair, hey, we're having an issue with the following board member and committee meetings. Let's talk about how the board is going to handle that. It's also the place for you to say to the board chair, you know, right now we're having these very high-level management issues around performance evaluations. I just want to share with you what we are doing and how it's in alignment with our employee manual. You don't want to get too far into the weeds with your board chair, but you do want to make sure that you're providing some high-level check-ins for the board chair. Now, I've just said you only want to spend half of your meeting on those governance and organizational issues. The other half of your meeting should be dedicated to a fiduciary, strategic, or generative question. These questions are designed to deepen your relationship, align your strategy, and preempt difficult decisions. That worksheet that I told you you could download, it also has a ton of great preemptive, generative questions that you could be asking. And let me give you a few examples. And again, if you're meeting for an hour, you're going to spend about 30 minutes on this. One example, five years from today, what will our key constituents consider the most important legacy of the current board? What a great question and what a great conversation you're going to have with your board chair as you walk through that. Here's another What if staff or contractors approach the board chair or other board members to complain about me as the executive director? You know, wouldn't you so much rather have that conversation in a vacuum when it's all hypothetical than when there really is a rogue staff member who wants to go to the board chair and complain about something that the executive director has the authority to do? And Another great generative question, what should the executive director evaluation look like? So often I talk to executive directors who will say to me that they've not been evaluated in two, three, sometimes even four or five years. That's right. They've gone years without their board giving them an evaluation. And this is a great way to start that conversation. Now, if you and your board chair meet for one hour each week, just in your first six months, you will spend over 25 hours together. And this investment will result in credible dividends for your relationship, your board, and your organization. Once again, please make sure that you go to the show notes at SuccessfulNonprofits.com forward slash chair onboarding. And at the show notes, you can download the worksheet that will give you a way to structure your board chair's onboarding process. And, you know, I'm sharing this with you today because I believe that building a strong and effective working relationship with your board chair is one of the most critical factors to your success as an executive director. And a successful chief executive 
partnered with a strong board and board chair, can propel a nonprofit to achieve its mission. In my coaching work with nonprofit chief executives, I sometimes work with them to resolve difficult relationships with the board chair or the board. Of course, we work often on a lot of other types of issues as well. But if you're an executive director and interested in coaching, reach out to me. You can always find me at SuccessfulNonprofits.com. That, listeners, is our bonus break. I hope that you have gained some insight to help your nonprofit thrive in a competitive environment. And just a quick reminder, I'm not an accountant nor an attorney, and neither I nor the Goldenberg Group provide tax, legal, or accounting advice. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied on for tax, legal, or accounting advice. If that's what you're looking for, please, please find a qualified, licensed professional in your area with the specialty that you need. And if you aren't sure how to find that person, you can always reach out to me. And if I know someone in your area, I am happy to make the connection.